Hey, welcome to this episode of the Advocates of Power podcast. Today's episode is dedicated to um, a concept that I was really interested in exploring and sort of thinking about it out long, you know, with having a monologue and, you know, discussion of the topic. I read a book that actually two of my best friends that I've known from um, since childhood, uh, they gifted me this book during my engagement party. It's actually one of the best gifts I've ever received. Um, So they give me the book called um, Education of an Idealist. This book is written by Samantha Power, uh, who is a former U.S. ambassador to United Nations under the Obama administration. Um, She has served many different roles uh, within the U.S. State Department, uh, and prior to that, uh, served in many different roles as a professor, faculty, uh, researcher and um, within uh, journalism and activism in her earlier years. So her journey was really quite incredible and I, I did enjoy this book so I highly recommend you go check it out. Like I said, it's Education of an Idealist by Samantha Power. Um, but I think what was really interesting is not only is like it's, it's prevalent in the title, the word idealist, um, but also just the way that she discusses sort of her upbringing and the the ideologies and belief systems that she, um, you know, was for, like had formulated through her years of education and the experiences that she had along the way, um, you know, through her career path. And um, Samantha Power is definitely somebody who is extremely passionate about the promotion of human rights. Uh, it's evident in her works. Uh, she's did a lot of studies and research and has written some work on uh, genocides, war crimes, and other, you know, other international um, atrocities that have occurred through the decades. Uh, but also just through her story that she shares with her audience. Uh, she talks about her experience, um, you know, being tra- being somebody who transitions from uh, working as either just a journalist activist, somebody who's able to bring out the, the story as it is uh, in order to educate an audience uh, and then sort of through the years essentially being somebody who represents a story or a specific narrative and takes that to the audience. You know, not something that's, you know, created through the experience, but rather it's solidified through just carefully constructed ideas. Uh, and so when you are obviously the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., um, you are promoting the ideas, the ideals, um, the narrative of the U.S. government, and especially the U.S. and the current administration in power. And so for this matter, um, representing the Obama administration. Um, but it's interesting because as she sort of details in her book, the experience of her being somebody who was representing, uh, you know, the highest level of authority uh, within the U.S. government um, to an international body that represented, um, you know, over 190 nations uh, within the U.N. and to be on something like a National Security Council and being part of the General Assembly and whatnot, uh, to have such a role to promote the ideas of an institution that has, um, you know, a foreign policy and you know it's level it's diplomacy everything is like ingrained within like a specific uh ideological ideological framework of like a narrative that promotes quote like u.s interests you know whatever that is and however that's um basically 
changed over the decades and administrations within the U.S. government. But to present that to a body that, you know, has been built on its own ideals for what it's uh, views to be world, like a world system that promotes equity, equality, right? And all the resolutions that have been passed that, you know, are aimed to promote human rights of all citizens and people of nations and those who are nationless or stateless, um, promoting the rights of women, right? Gender equality, um, promoting the rights and protections for individuals of gender nonconformity or, um, you know, of different sexual orientations, you know, that are, have, you know, that have faced levels of discrimination by nations who do not recognize the rights for these individuals, right? So from like top to down, like, you know, from all of it, you, you mean, I don't really, I guess, need to explain what the United Nations is, but to sort of like put into picture a framework of a body of governments and people representing their own narratives, but coming together, you know, to, to be a part of an institution that has its own narratives, right? Uh, but her journey essentially really touched space on kind of like a, a what I deemed at that at that point by finishing the book was a self-reflection of what does it mean for me as an individual to be an idealist and do I find myself fitting within that category well the answer to that is yes and I actually think a lot of people fit within that idealist category I mean I would I would absolutely hope so because um, when I'm describing what idealism and idealistic is uh, this term is essentially the pursuit of like a beliefs and ideals that can be deemed unrealistic, right? A frame of thought um, that our actions are can are dictated by our human thought, by our mindset, right? And that we're able to create changes within that mindset in order to see it like em- happen like empirically, right? To in order to see the change manifest within like governing bodies of institutions and systems and whatever it could be simply based off the way we think about it. Um, kind of as a idealism is actually, it's like a, you know, a, its own really large, uh, what's it called? It's a subject of study and philosophy and other Um, you know, other disciplines. But for the context of this, when somebody who has so much power, but is also like doing some level of self-reflection through like the power that they had to represent some, some great, you know, great nation like the United States um, to an even larger organization that's, you you know, the United Nations, right? Um, And that it took them that experience to realize like what they may believe in can be deemed unrealistic to others in the world or other institutions of power or, or influence right and that's kind of like it's, it's kind of sad it's kind of I mean it's, it's just kind of somber to think that you know if I'm here uh you know as a young Afghan American and I really do truly believe that one day um the Afghan people will be able to live in real long sustaining peace everlasting peace right a level of peace um that is promoted by economic security political security right um the like some level of social security you know in 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 a in a region an area that has faced so much war and destruction corruption 
um, you know, so many atrocities and such, it becomes such sorrow for its people who have faced such hardships. And to believe that, you know, that the Afghan people can one day, you know, reclaim, you know, the glory of Afghanistan, which there is so much glory to it now, but but the, the level of glory for the people itself to live in peace with one another without fear of any type of danger or threat to their lives and their livelihoods, the lives of their children, their loved ones, whoever it may be, um, is it idealistic for me to think, yeah, heck yeah, that day will come. And that day will not be easy. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna sit here. I think I think the where the con like the idea of this term being unrealistic is that for those who are extremely critical to uh, you know us here in the diaspora, or us here as U.S. citizens wanting change within the police system, the criminal justice system, um, the social welfare system, whatever that we really want to be able to vote in. Um, you know, vote in our constituents and like with our cons like, you know, you know, with to get representatives within Congress, um, to get our, you know, the right political leaders who who do have platforms that will say like, oh, look, we will work towards, um, you know, improving the healthcare system, making it more accessible to, you know, underprivileged communities, um, you know, providing laws and regulations that, you know, limit and put enough oversight in our, you know, law enforcement, right? Or are the criminal justice system, all of that to actually fix, like, what's really broken down here? Um, are we idealists within our communities to think that whether we are imagining a world for the people abroad, right? For those of us who identify as Afghan-American or Afghan um, hyphen, you know, you, you know whatever you leave at the end of that um, living in a diaspora you know can we can we seriously think that it is impossible unrealistic to see social change not only in the frame of the united states or the western countries but also at home and to challenge that like within the current movements uh you know challenging those who are undermining the current social movements that are going on, right? Whether it's the Black Lives Matter movement or, you know, I, I know that in the Afghan community, we have been actually facilitating a lot of, you know, uh, like trying to facilitate uh, events to provide support for the voices of Afghan migrants in Iran and Pakistan and other countries that migrants are, you know, in and where they face um, levels of atrocities. Whatever those movements look like, um, is it, is it saying that these movements, you know, for those who are super, who are against them on like an ideology standpoint, you know, they're not calling themselves xenophobic or racist or bigot or whatever it is. They always say like, oh, well, I truly believe, but this is not the way. When people are saying this is not the way, I think it's very interesting for us to be caught up in a society or in a current social circumstance, like we're in the 21st century, um, to where the, our discourse is really about the, the believers and the non-believers. And actually the ones who do believe, those of us who are working extremely hard um, to get these movements forward, to gain some traction, to gain public support, to encourage ed levels of education about uh, systematic racism and injustice, to provide um, resources to say, you know what, let's get up and vote, right? Using voices in a very proactive way, petitions and appeals and 
request from city and state governments, city local officials, whatever it may be, right? Really concrete action for the overall goals, at least within the Black Lives Matter movement, um, you know, let's dismantle a system the way that it is, right? In order to, uh, you know, recreate the system and make it better than it was, right? To create like a whole new system that's actually going to address the needs of the people in a very concrete and productive manner um, that's not going to be prone to, or it's going to be way less prone, but at least I, I, you know, favorably not prone to the levels of injustice that the current system has. Why is it so hard for our systems, you know, to, well, the systems are going to be obviously not super receptive. It, I get it. It's, it's, something that's always going to be an uphill battle but for those of us here as the everyday people the discourse that's happening um you know no matter what movement that you ally yourself with to think that there's actually people who are against the the movement on a principle level that things cannot change that the way we want change to happen at the levels that we want state level city level community level whatever it could be that these these levels of change are unrealistic that we're either anarchists or utopian dreamers and that we have our heads in our butts or whatever it could be only to say that the way that we view the world is simply not possible but i feel like being idealistic about the world is actually the first step um to us promoting a level of change if i believe that you know it's important for Afghan migrants to safely be able to cross a border um, with, you know, and with respect to the laws uh, of the other nation and to seek employment, to seek a level of assistance um, and to appeal to uh, another government as, you know, migrants or refugees, right, protected underneath the UN charter um, or asylum seekers or whatever it could be. And to think that it's quite possible and important that these migrants are not going to have their human rights violated, right? That they're not going to face levels of injustice at the hands of a foreign government, right? It's so crazy to think that, you know, why, why wouldn't we be able to challenge something like that? And in the same respect, why wouldn't we be able to challenge what's going on at home? Why is it unrealistic? And why are we super utopic for a basic, what I believe should be a basic level of human consciousness that should begin with not survival. I think we're quite past that. You know, I think that's part of our primitive part. Um, it still obviously dictates our choices. But even within the survival, it's our right to survive. And in the same respect, it's the right, there's a right for others to survive, right? So tying that to just the bigger picture of like what human rights is, you know, that we all have, you know, rights that we are born with. But unfortunately, within the societies that we live, we all, we all don't get the privilege to live, you know, to get to live with those rights. And... So I'll cut this conversation kind of short only for the reason that, you know, I just wanted to sort of think out loud about, you know, what does it mean to be idealistic? And, you know, with respect to the ideas that, 
you know, change is not obviously going to be immediate and it's going to take some time. Um, but to be here as an Afghan American and to be somebody living in the diaspora, for someone like myself who has a really high hopes and aspirations, who wants to be a part of the, the change that, you know, our community really would like to see happen within Afghanistan and for the people outside of Afghanistan. For me to sit here on this platform, right? Um, at the platform, I call it Avians Empowered. For me to think that, you know what, even if I could inspire just one individual to feel like, you know what, they have enough of a voice and representation through this, you know, through being inspired and motivated by the sharing of, of, uh, you know, of, of the voices when having the guests on this platform or just, you know, me sitting down with my sister or just sitting here myself, you know, if, if I could even just using this platform to inspire someone somewhere, Afghan or not, you know, about the way that they can see themselves and their potential and their worth and value within this world that's like, you know, that they're deserving of, then I think I've done my job right. And that's actually my form of idealistic thought, you know. I think that as an Afghan American, I do I do stand with all others in the diaspora uh, in that we are all extremely idealistic and it's not unrealistic for us to believe that the future of our society, the future of humanity rests in the power that the young generations and even the old still have in providing a level of social change that's, uh, you know, within the legal, legal frameworks and governing bodies and the economic system and environmental, you know, like environment, everything, uh, you know, everything else in order to promote a level of change because there's, I think there's a world that we do envision ourselves to live in and it will not look like a true utopia, but there's definitely a way to get there. And I don't want anyone ever to feel like their efforts and dreams are undermined by somebody else who sounds or thinks that they sound a little bit more rational about the way the world truly is as compared to what we want it to be, you know, air quotes. Um, but that we should continue using our voices uh, to promote levels of social change, to start within our families, um, to, to move on to our neighbors, our neighborhoods, our communities, our cities, our states, or, you know, our networks, you know, to, to turn what our aspirations are um, into something that becomes transnational. Because I do believe that this world belongs to the idealists, and I don't quite see it being any other way around. Um, so with that, I'll leave you. Uh, I definitely recommend that you read the book, Education of an Idealist. If you're interested in, um, you know, U.S. diplomacy, it's actually a field. I'm very interested in international relations, and so that's why I, I think that's partially why I really took, took on a liking to this book. But through the personal journey to say that, you know what, it's very interesting to view that there's so many current narratives that conflict with our ideas for the world. And, you know, we've seen through history that it is through the promotion of our ideas that we are able to provide uh, a level of representation for our communities and to demand social change. And that's not going to stop anytime soon. So um, I am gladly going to embody the definition of an idealist, um, you know, 
and call me unrealistic all you want, but I truly believe that together as a community, um, we can, you know, build enough allyship with those around us in order to uh, pursue concrete change for a common good. And so I leave you with that. Um, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Um, we do have some really fantastic content coming up. Uh, it's been a little bit difficult to be able to like properly facilitate uh, our connections uh, with other organizations that are currently interested in sitting down and you know having a conversation with us. Only because I think the COVID nineteen pandemic situation has um, you know posed as an additional challenges for the ways that these uh, organizations are able to continuously operate. Uh, but in the meantime, we are doing our best to be receptive to the recommendations and and opinions of our community members we're so so happy for your support um to those of you who showed up to the uh you know stop killing afghans protest thank you so much i'm so glad to have seen so many um you know motivated afghans you know coming out to support the cause and so we are keeping the movement alive. The movement has not died and will not die anytime soon. Please stay tuned. Follow us on our Instagram and check out afghansempowered.org for more information in regards to not only the Stop Killing Afghans movement, which we are going to be rolling out some upcoming information about uh, another protest event that we are hoping to uh, be able to get together very soon. Uh, but in addition to that, please check out our, our website and our Instagram. Also, we're on Facebook at Afghans Empowered uh, for the resources that we're rolling out every week uh, on a weekly basis, uh, ways that you can get involved within your community, um, you know, keep current up to date to the, to the uh, current situations in Afghanistan, particularly within the COVID pandemic crisis. Um, and also, you know, our DMs are open. Our email is community at afghansempowered.org. Uh, where you can send us an email if you're interested in being a guest on the Afghans Empowered podcast or to being a guest uh, editor uh, and writer on our blog or content on social media. Um, with that, I leave you. I hope you are all, you know, having a fantastic week. Wish you all a great weekend and hope that you take a little bit of time to sort of think on what I was saying about what does it mean to have some really big concrete ideas that can be challenged by the current narratives of society of today regardless of what those ideas are and how you know what it's important that we don't stop thinking and promoting and providing a level of advocacy for ideas because I believe we can truly manifest it into a uh, a reality that's going to better our our world so with that I hope you're an idealist and thank you for tuning in.